What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott. I got another fantastic episode for you here. Oh, coming at you live from the last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, big shout out to Ryan and T-Lab, man. Uh, we got a lot of fun and awesome and exciting things in the works here, so just stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, we've got a heavy solution-focused show today, which I love, and I'm super excited about uh, our guest today. So, But real quick, before we get too far into it, I just want to let you guys know how you can follow and support the show. Best way to do that is over at the website, rebunked.news. Uh, if it's your first time there, there'll be a pop-up that you can get on the mailing list. You can make sure to stay up to date with the show. Um, you can see all the video platforms that we're on there, um, audio podcast, make sure you subscribe so you can listen on the go and the social media best place is probably telegram t.me forward slash rebunked pod. Um, this is a value for value show. If you get any value out of it, you can return that value at the bottom of the page. We also have a give, send, go for any, just dropping a tip in the jar sort of thing. Uh, if you want to be a monthly subscriber, you can go over to Subscribestar, subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. And then, of course, we have the T-shirt shop. So we got a whole bunch of new designs. I've been chatting with Ryan over at Big Frog T-shirts. Now, they're a liberty-minded T-shirt shop in Beaverton, Oregon, in the, in the belly of the beast. Big shout out to Ryan. He's a super cool guy. And he's just, like, really excited about innovating the store and trying to do new things. Um, so, you know, by shopping and getting a T-shirt there, you're not only supporting this show, but you're supporting a uh, – Awesome, small business, liberty-minded business in, in Beaverton, Oregon. And they can use all the liberty they can get out there in Beaverton, Oregon. I can tell you that much. So, all right. Uh, also, uh, another great way to support the show is the affiliate links in the show description for Richard Grove's Autonomy course and also Truth TRS Heavy Metal Detox Spray. So that's it, guys. That's the business. All right. So joining me today is uh, Brett Pike, who I had the pleasure of meeting in person in Missouri at the big National Bear meetup that we all went to. And then uh, I've been kind of following his work for a minute and just – Talk about crushing, man. I'm just so excited for this. So Brett, man, welcome to the show. Yeah. I appreciate you introduced me as a solutions oriented show because I think we've gotten past the point where pointing out the problems in this world is just enough. And there's so many good people like yourself making media who are building solutions outside of the system. And ultimately that's how we build the world we want. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, you're, you're doing it, man. You're doing it for real. I have, you know, Post-COVID is when I really got involved in this whole, like, what do we do now mentality? You know what I mean? And so uh, a big, big aspect of that, you know, because I don't have any kids. Talk about, okay, so so that's a big spell that was broken for me, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ever since, ever since I started listening to Owen, like, I was always like this guy. I was like, you know, yeah, I'm single. You know, I, I thought of kids as like an inconvenience. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I was horribly wrong about that. You know what I mean? And so I've kind of like recalibrated my life to like, okay, now I'm trying to look for a partner and hopefully have kids someday, hopefully have kids someday. And then hopefully, you know, apply what you're teaching in my life, you know, apply these uh, homeschooling and, and creating the next generation of kids who uh, will have a chance in the world, man. Like, I feel like I was let down in so many different ways by the public school system and just the, the, the system in general. So all that to say, um, you know, it's just like, we're in that we're at this place now where it's like all of these, Families that I work that I've been working with, and I shouldn't say work with, that I've gotten to know through like the liberty movement or the medical freedom movement, and all these uh, things that I'm involved in. You know, the big element that I keep hearing over and over, or normies that are just starting to wake up to this, it's all about like, you know, wow, the school system is just broken. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And most people don't know where to turn. And so, uh, what you have going on is just so, so powerful. So, I really want to, I'm really excited to bring the audience you know, classicallearner.com, all the things you're working on. You're an author. You've published several children's books. Like you're just, you know, it's so, so cool what you have going on. But before we get too far into it, you want to give us a little bit of your background? Uh, I mean, you have like a master's in education, right? Like you were in the establishment for a minute. Is that is that my understanding? Yeah, I, I got my bachelor's in history education. So I'm a historian. And then I got my master's in special education and I graduated you know, 4.0 GPA, got the award for being the top student in my class. And I got into the system. I didn't like what I saw. So I started to look at people who were saying different things. And my friend put me on to Richard Grove, mm. who I know you're familiar with. And, yeah. you know, I was like, well, this guy's an idiot. Let me prove him wrong. And then I, you know, I looked into what he was saying and I was like, oh, well, I'm the idiot. So he proved me wrong. 
And from there, once you just discover that some of the things you've been taught are wrong, you start looking into everything. And for me, that ultimately led me to looking into the education system because I was educated to be an educator. And I came across the works of really great thinkers like John Taylor Gatto and Dorothy Sayers and Maria Montessori and really these titans of alternative education. And, you know, they say once you go black, you never go back. But once you go alternative education, <laughs> you're a lifelong learner. So, yeah, man, that's amazing. Cool. So what was your transition? So were you working like as a teacher like uh, before before this transition? Yeah, I was working as a teacher um, in high schools in Queens and also in the early intervention program. And But then ultimately, I wanted to go my own way. And um, what I did was I started Classical Learn. And at first, it was literally just consultations. And I didn't know if there'd be a market for it or not, but there was. And parents were hiring me basically to set up their children's homeschools. You know, how would you raise my child, you know, if they were your child? And I'd say, this is what I would do you know, follow their interests. I'd show them the programs to use and whatnot. And, and that was great, but I really wanted to scale out what I was doing. And year two, I started to do that. Year two, I built out Homeschooled Connected. I didn't know what it would be, but it was a place where homeschool parents, like-minded people could come together. And that was successful. And then this is year three. And this is the first year that we've built out original lesson plans original unit studies, original courses, original live courses. And we have seen rapid growth. I mean, it has skyrocketed. And the amount of content that we've been able to get out has been truly phenomenal. And we are educating children to grow up and live free, not just this mindless learning, memorizing to memorize. Yeah. Wow. I, I love it, man. And I, and just, you know, congratulations on that because, you know, there is definitely a hunger for that in the world and you're offering a very valuable service, you know, that that's uh, so many people, like I said, like I know so many people who want this, but don't even know where that it exists or where to turn. So uh, fantastic. Oh man. You got some uh, heavy feedback there in the background. I don't know if you live, but uh, you got like a, is that wind or I, I hope you don't mind. That's Uncle oh. Sam flying above. That's oh, okay. Work, well, but, okay. Nothing we can do about that. No, it's all good. I wasn't yeah, sure if it was the wind. I, I do live near an Air Force base, so okay. Know, that happens now and then. That's all right. It's all right. No worries. I was just making sure. Okay, cool. Right on. Um, man, so much to unpack here. I'm so excited. So, you know, one of the things that uh, when we were when I saw your presentation in Missouri that just really got me fired up, man, was like you started talking about, um, and I really want to get into this in depth, maybe further along because I want to unpack it further, but your your method and approach to teaching is, uh, like, how would you characterize it? I mean, there's so many different things. There's so many different words that you apply, and maybe it's not even useful to label it, but, you know, you have homeschooling, unschooling. Like, like is there a certain categorization that you would kind of overall describe it? Yeah, well, what I tell parents all the time is there's no one right way to educate a child. And usually the best way to educate them is unique to their own personality. So what I try to advocate for is for first parents to understand their children. And that can be their learning style, whether it be visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Um, what are they interested in? What are they naturally motivated by? And then have an understanding of the different forms of education, whether that be Montessori, whether that be Charlotte Mason, classical education, unschooling. And if you understand these different philosophies, you could implement different parts of them mm. depending on your child's personality and what works for them and your family. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're just drawing from the well of, of lots of different modalities. So that makes perfect sense. So, okay. So then, and then you started talking about like how, um, you know, you, you're, you're trying to gear these the education to like prepare the kids to be like a person in the world you know like teaching them entrepreneurial skills at a very very young age and you have like a formula like at a very young age can you kind of get into that a little bit yeah well what i tell parents is um that you want to give your children some form of entrepreneurial experience basically every school semester from the time they're five years old now that looks very different based on child based on age right so for a five-year-old, that might just be one day of a lemonade stand within that six-month period. And that's no big deal. But what you're doing is you're establishing a mindset. You're establishing that they could take a product, bring it to a market, and people will be interested in it. So 
you're developing that mindset of abundance, that spirit of entrepreneurialism, and you're getting them some real world experience. And then as your children get older, that could become more complex um, all the way to the point where if we're doing it right, by the time they're 15, 16 years old, they should be starting real businesses if you've been doing this from the time they're five. And you won't have to prop them to do that. They'll have their own interests. And you've been showing them how to follow their interests from the time they were children and do entrepreneurial things. And now they're just going to take what they're interested in and go for it. And they'll be fine. They'll do great. Yeah, man. I just, you know, a part of me just like yearns for that having happened in my life. You know I mean? I was straight up public education. My mom was a count, like a career counselor, ironically, a career counselor at the high school I went to, you know? And, uh, you know, it was, it was just always like, you know, you got to get the highest SAT scores. You got to go to college. You got to do this and that. You know what I mean? That was, and then in order to, to do that, you have to memorize all this stuff. Here's all the stuff you have to memorize. And then you have, and then that's going to give you this SAT score. It's going to put you in college. And yeah, I went to college. I, I went for like a year and I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. You know what I mean? And then just kind of flailed out in the world. So but never once did anybody like say, hey, you know, you can like learn skills now to like start your own business. You know, for me, it would have been like, God, I wish I would have gone into like a trade or something. Like when I was like 18, like learn how to be an electrician when I was like 18. You know what I mean? Like, holy crap, I'd have my own business by now. You know what I mean? Like just crazy stuff. Like it's just, but then, but then like you were talking about the John Taylor Gatto stuff and, and obviously a big part of Richard Grove's message is that this is deliberate. It's so deliberate that they, that the public school system is basically there to drive people in a ditch and make you little obedient workers. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we know what they're doing, but they can't stop us from doing what we yeah. want to do. And yeah. if parents focus on, I tell them, focus on three things. You follow your child's interest, and then you focus on critical thinking and the process of learning over memorization. You focus on skill development, skills over subject matter, not the subjects mm -hmm. don't still learn those, and entrepreneurial experience. And if you get your children those three things and you just focus on that, at nauseum from the time they are little. And you could do that by just following their interests. You don't even have to be that sophisticated with it. Then you will develop a mindset in that child and have armed them with the tools that they need to do whatever they want in this world. And, you know, with skill development, you look back to March, 2020, how many people felt that they couldn't quit their job you know, they had to pay their mortgage or whatnot. So they had to go and get a procedure or whatever that they didn't want to get. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is they felt like they didn't have any skills. And it only takes that one skill, one skill that someone's confident in to free them. So we start as young as possible where we want to teach our children carpentry and engineering and coding and writing and art and music and plumbing and haircutting or any skills that you could teach your child that will arm them with what they need. And then when you pair that with the ability to think critical and a childhood filled critically and a childhood filled with entrepreneurial experience, they will see opportunities, take their skills, pursue those opportunities. If they come to hurdles, they'll have the critical thinking skills to overcome those hurdles and they'll do great in this world. And it really, like I said, it doesn't have to be overly complicated and, you know, just the mere fact that you pull your child out of public school in the first place, they're already getting a far superior education. Man, that's amazing. That's so amazing, man. I'm so grateful that you have this in place, man. So in developing these curriculums and these uh, lesson plans, what what would you say is like one of your more proudest accomplishments? Like, cause you, and I know, you know, we, we come at this from like the Bertaria community, you know what I mean? So we have, a, we have a very interesting perspective on things, you know what I mean? And it's like, like what, what would you say is your proudest accomplishment in developing this lesson plan to give to the world? I mean, what am I most proud of? When you first asked the question, I thought my family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I guess more than anything, I'd be proud of that. I had a vision and I was able to remain consistent and pursue that vision. And what you find is if you do that and you work hard and pursue a vision and put in the time that, You'll have hurdles and there'll be roadblocks, but ultimately you will find success. And that's the same concept that we want to teach to our children. You know, this year we did um, a year long nature unit study. We're still doing it. We started the first week of January and the children have planted their own seeds. They've constructed garden boxes, hammer and nail construction. They've built 
real greenhouses outdoors. They've composted. They've made their own fertilizer. They've learned about photosynthesis and soil biology as they actually got in the dirt and it had meaning to them. They learned how to do um, leaf identification to figure out what nutrients their plants might have been lacking. Um, they made ladybug feeders to attract good garden bugs, um, all types of stuff like that. And at the end of the summer, the children were tasked with their end of summer business project. And basically every child had to do something entrepreneurial. And for some of them, that was flowers that they grew and they sold. For some of them, that was a farmer's market with the crops they grew. For some of them, that was just a bake sale. You know, it could be unique to the child's um, whatever works for the child, but I gave them a talk before their business event, the, the last talk I gave them. And what I said was that every success I have had in my life, because people look at me and they think, oh, you know, he has a homestead and he has a family and he doesn't have any debt and he owns a business. I say, oh, he's so successful. It must be nice. Every ounce of success I have has only been made possible by my willingness to fail and then I never allowed it to be a failure because I would just turn those into learning experiences. And I'd say, oh, you know, I tried something and this worked and this didn't work. So now I know next time I just have to do this a little bit differently. And it is the man who realizes that failure is the path to success that will ultimately succeed because I wanted the children to know that even if they quote unquote failed, they didn't, they succeeded just by doing it in the first place. Yeah, man, that's so awesome, you know, and, and there's no there's no room for like victimhood mentality in that in that in that paradigm, you know what I mean? Like like the, the system and the public education system, like it just beats into people, like especially nowadays, like that's the message that they get. Like you're a victim, you're an oppressor, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't even you know what? I don't even want to talk about all that bullshit. You know, we know. <laughs> How about this? So one of the things we talk about all the time on the show is building community, building community, like, you know, doing meetups, doing all that stuff. So tell me a little bit about homeschools connected. Um, so this is your, uh, your, your way of bringing together like-minded people in an effort to, in, in, with a common goal. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So homeschools connected is our private homeschool community. And part of that is all of the lesson plans, the unit studies and the courses I put together. But the second part of that that might even be more valuable is the amazing community of homeschool parents we put together that have accumulated literally thousands of years when you combine their experience of homeschooling experience. So as a homeschool parent, you could go into our chat. It's a 24-7 running chat. And you say, hey, guys, I came across this problem. I'm having this issue or I have this question. And then there's all these parents there that have been through it. They have dealt with it themselves and they know what to do. They found the solutions and they say, um, here's what I would do if I were in your situation. And then just like that, your problem is solved. You found your answer. And then on top of that, we have state groups. And so we have a New York group. We have an Arkansas group, Louisiana, Idaho, California, New York, Texas, right? Every state has a group and people could connect with other homeschoolers in the area that they live. And then many of our members now have had actual physical meetups in the real world where they've done field trips, they've had play dates, they've done homeschooling together. So it's a great way to connect with like-minded people. And it's really important. And I, I think one of the biggest things that we need to teach our children, and it's really twofold, is yes, we wanna make them rugged individualists and we wanna teach them to take extreme personal responsibility. But we also want to teach them the value of community. And you mm. brought up that you and I had met. Well, we met at um, the Bertaria Times National Festival. And you could probably tell the people firsthand just how electric and magical that truly was. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, and we've we, we rolled out there as a as a team. You know, I've gotten to know some of the bears here locally here in the Eugene area. Or excuse me, that's where I used to live in Eugene in the Nashville area. <laughs> I used to live in Eugene, Oregon, man. I just escaped uh, earlier this year. So, uh, yeah, we're good now. But, yeah, and then we just convoyed together up to up to Missouri, man. And so that was a great team-building experience. Big shout-out to Meek Not Weak Bear and uh, Crowned Bear and Legendary Marine Bear. We all rolled out there together, man. Yeah, the whole thing is just powerful, you know. I've been great. I've been very lucky and fortunate that even in Oregon, 
I got really involved with uh, like the Freedom Cells movement. Are you are you familiar with Freedom Cells? Freedomcells.org? No. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty powerful one as well. Um, they uh, it's a uh, Derek Bros and John Bush who are way you know, into like you know parallel economies, parallel systems. You know, John Bush's thing is exit and build. Kind of that's his thing is like exit and then build this new world. You know what I mean? So you know a lot a lot of their uh, a lot of their efforts and and things are very much in alignment with uh you know the bear community and all that stuff so but yeah i just you know it's so there's such a powerful thing that happens like when you get together with like-minded people with a common goal common interest even if it's just getting together for like a potluck and hanging out and chatting and then you start to build trust and then that trust kind of leads on to other things you know what i mean and it's like right now i'm just uh super grateful for this uh community that's kind of like springing up around us here and it's uh it's a powerful powerful thing um Let's see here. So, okay. So the other thing that I think is so awesome is that, uh, tell me about from, oh gosh, let me make sure I get this right. From, uh, Cubs to bears. Tell me about Cubs to bears, man. Yeah. Well, if anyone, if you guys are like me, I'm sure you're quite fed up with all of the nonsense that's pushed by Disney. Of course, um, buzz Lightyear, right. They just put homosexuality into a children's film, which is just, it's so beyond the pale what they've done and it's really that's the more overt in your face but it's really the the subtle programming that goes into all of these shows in which they are trying to propagate and indoctrinate our children into um an ideology that is self-destructive and is designed to really make them hate their culture hate their nation hate our way of life and um bring in a globalist mindset into our children so to me I wanted to start the process of building something that gives children an alternative. And what it is now um, will pale in comparison to what it will be 30, 40, 50 years from now because we start with books and we just build and eventually it will be television shows that are animated and whatnot. But um, yeah, I wrote the Cubs and Bears children book series and books on um, the First Amendment, the right to bear arms, the Second Amendment. That's good bears always tell the truth that you're looking at right there. Books on... Um, basic morality, Operation Mockingbird and the Church Committee, which is about the <laughs> documented history of fake news. That's, you know, Charlotte Mason style living history. The bear from Jekyll Island, as you can see there, which is about the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank and how they, you know, took us over the coals on that one. And um, so these books are not only designed to teach children their rights and to teach children history, but they're really designed to familiarize children with mechanisms of propaganda. So, for example, in Operation Mockingbird in the Church Committee, early in the book, the news roosters report of a bear stealing a bike and another bear trespassing at a private duck pond. Sorry, Uncle Sam's about to go overhead. So, I don't you're know good. You go ahead. Go. No, you're good, dude. Just let's just roll. So, um, they report of a bear stealing a bike and another best uh, bear trespassing at a private duck pond. And you're shown this close-up moment in time, and it looks like that's what's happening. Well, later in the book, our um, the one good news rooster is red-buried because we don't want him to be red-pilled because it's for children. Mm. So he has the red-berry, and he is shown that same moment in time, but from a wide-angle lens. And he can see that bear wasn't stealing a bike. He was walking it into a bicycle repair shop, and the other bear wasn't trespassing. He was a repair bear, and he was there fixing a broken pipe. And it shows children how the media can show you a partial picture and then build a lie around that partial picture or partial truth. But in reality, when you see the whole picture, you can see the entire thing was a fabrication. It is familiarizing them with the different mechanisms of propaganda and manipulation. Wow, man. So what an incredible accomplishment, man, like to uh, to, to take these very complex and and uh, I mean, it's almost like you can almost give these to like uh, normies, you know? <laughs> you'd be like you know one of the big things like as a podcaster you know like the, the endless struggle is like how do we like wake people up right even though i've kind of moved more you know more or less away from that to where it's like okay you know we're not gonna wake anybody up dude they're either here already or you know whatever but it's like this is that'd be a valuable tool to just like hand out to somebody who's like completely blue-pilled or in the matrix still like hey here's a nice little children's book see what you think about that i think it's yeah, hilarious better, it as a present for their kids yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go, guys. Okay. You heard it here. Get these books as a present for the kids of your, uh, 
you know, blue pilled relatives that are just like still not inviting you to Thanksgiving because you haven't taken these uh, mandated injections, man. So, man, wow. I mean, these are so cool. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm really, really in awe. Are you working on a, another one? Like, is there one in the works right now? Yeah, you just showed you are what you eat, which is, there's no gravel in that oh, book. It's there it is. Food come from, you know, um, you need healthy soil, right? And then the plants are in healthy soil. They grow, the animals eat the plants, we eat the animals. And, you know, how nutrients, minerals, vitamins get into our body. Well, you are what you eat part two. Mm. which I'm really collaborating on with Holy Quell Bear, the legend himself. Yep. Uh, or what you eat part two, the gravel comes into the food system. So it's the return of Charisma Cat. And now that the children know what healthy food is, here comes Charisma Cat to offer us some not so healthy food and um, a new character that we'll be introducing, which is the science rat. And you can guess which public figure <laughs> I asked Holy Quail Bear to make that science rat resemble. Oh, dude, I can't wait. Man, this is so awesome. I love it. I love it. So hopefully people listening, you guys, there's uh, links in the episode description. You just go to classicallearner.com, and there's a section there for the books, Cubs to Bears books, but there is a link down in the episode description. Please go check those out, guys. I, I think this is just such – like we need to be supporting these efforts. So please, please go check those out. That's so awesome, man. Um, so I want to transition a little bit back to just the, the, the teaching itself. Um, and, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, but, and I've had a couple of folks on too, to talk about, you know, homeschooling, unschooling, and it's just, you know, it's the big question. It's really the big question. So let's say I'm a, you know, husband, wife, mother, father, both have full-time jobs, you know, the public school system is the daycare, right? Like that's basically, I, we, we send our kids to school because, you know, I don't have the means or capabilities to, to teach kids. Like what would you, what would be your message to those parents that send their kids into the wolf's den every day because they don't feel like they have any other option? Well, first you do have options and I know parents, I know single mothers of four children that homeschool. So you know, if you think you have a tough, you should see some of the people I work with, but they managed to do it. And when you're in that situation, you just have to get a little bit creative. So what are your children doing during the day? Who are they with during the day? Can you get some relatives to maybe grandma, your grandparents on one side of the family, take the child on Monday, grandparents on the other side of the family, take them Tuesday. Um, and you just get creative and mix it up. You could find a local co-op of homeschoolers and maybe your children are there on a Wednesday and you agree to take other people's children that Friday, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas you're getting other people involved, just a little bit of creativity. And the truth of the matter is you don't have to do the schooling between 8 a.m. And, and 3 p.m. You can do the schooling for the entire weekend. You can do schooling after school, typical school hours at nighttime or in the morning if you guys want to wake up early. So there are different ways to do it. But even if you send your children to public school, have no despair. That's okay. What you have to do is arm your children with the tools to identify the manipulation. So Cubs to Bears books is a good start. I would certainly recommend having your children take the course I teach using the Cubs to Bears children book series on propaganda, right? Um, and then outside of school, you really want to make sure you do some additional unschooling. So what that looks like is your children are going to hate school over time because every child hates school, which tells you everything you need to know about, you know, the retarded system. I mean, imagine devising a system for children and all the children hate it. It's like, come on. Um, so anyway, when your child, they're going to hate school. So then you say, but you're not going to hate what we do. So you identify their three primary interests and then you follow that interest and you guide that to teach them critical thinking, to develop skills, and to get them the entrepreneurial experience around what they're interested in. Uh, an example I like to give is photography because it's so straightforward. So you start, you have your child take a photography course, you get them a cool camera, you have them do fun assignments where they're taking photos of this or that. And then after they've been doing that for five or six months, Christmas time's coming up, you challenge them to start a basic seasonal Christmas photography. Um, you know, seasonal greetings cards business and they do the marketing, they make the flyers and you just start and you build from there and, you know, give them an education that will actually free them from, 
you know, the B system. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing, man. I love that. Uh, and, and again, that's just, it goes back to the value of the community, you know, like we don't have to do any of this alone, you know, like I think a lot of people just these last couple of years, that's been a big part of the agenda is to trap people in this little bubble to make them feel like they're alone, you know, and, 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 but, but breaking out of that and finding the value and the synergy of being a part of a community where everybody has common goals of the best interests, you know, you don't have to take the burden on yourself. So, you know, obviously with your, uh, efforts with, uh, with your, uh, homeschool, homeschools connected you know that's a probably a great valuable resource that people can come together with people in their own community it's kind of like the freedom cells idea where it's like you know you find your freedom cell in your community and you network within that group um and then one of the so here's a question for you so within homeschools connected do people have the ability to like create their own little node like let's say i live in a town where there's like there there isn't like a like a, a node there is that something that, that they can create on their own that like bring other people together is that is that I'm, i guess i'm just uh not sure about the exact format but yeah. so we have the state groups and you connect with people in the state that you live and then from there yeah. people change information and gotcha. they do meetups as they see fit so yeah you can absolutely do that um you could even form private groups if you want within our group cool uh, but usually people just interact within the state groups and they say hey we're having a meetup here um or we want to get together does anyone else want to get together and you know inbox me yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's kind of like, you know, how Bertari Times app works. But uh, yeah, like the freedom and then Freedom Cells has like a like a geographical little thing. You can start a group here, start a group there, like a, a little geographic pin on a map sort of thing. But, uh, you know, so anyway, the bottom line is like you guys like there's there there are options. And so, uh, you know, I've got some friends who, you know, have a young kid and they, they were asking me recently, you know, like, like, we don't want to send them to public school, but we're not really sure what to do. So I'm going to be obviously sending them their your way um, for sure. So exciting stuff man so um i just i can't get over the entrepreneurial stuff i just love the idea of instilling within the kid with these kids like like entrepreneurial skills at an early age man that's just so so cool uh, one of the things i've heard you say in like one of your live streams is just uh making them irreplaceable making these kids irreplaceable you know instead of like uh you know you're just another cog in the machine you know how do we instantiate with these kids like you are give them the skills to make them irreplaceable talk a little bit about that yeah well it kind of gets back into what i was talking about before and how it takes one skill to free a man and if you know how to fix things with your hands or you know how to build things or you're really good at computer coding or these are the type of skills that make you irreplaceable where you know it's even if someone fires you you can just contract and do your own thing or something of that nature and then it just really gets into the culture of developing these skills. So like, for example, with our nature unit study, right? The children all year, they've been constructing the garden boxes, right? Um, they made candles out of beeswax, right? They uh, built their own greenhouses. And when you're doing this time and time again, like one of the things I recommend to parents is your children should do one construction project or crafty project a month from the time they're five years old. So that could be building a kite, you know, with wood construction. That can be um, making a crayon holder when they're five years old out of wood, right? But they're constructing things and then garden boxes and whatnot. Um, and by the time they're six, that's 12 projects. By the time they're seven, that's 24 construction projects, right? By the time they're 10, that's 60 construction projects. So a child like that, will have a very a much easier time doing their own thing or putting themselves in a position where they're not like, oh, I have to get a jab, right? Because a child that's done 60 construction projects by the time they're 10 could probably drive out anywhere in America, see some furniture that was just thrown on the side of the street, someone's trash, put it in a truck, take it home with them, fix it up and flip it out of farmer's market for a couple hundred dollars. And mm -hmm. they can do that time and time again. And then you know, because they've been getting entrepreneurial experience, they'll actually, they'll understand concepts like how to scale your work and, um, you know, leverage your time. But it's this type of skill development, which makes someone irreplaceable. Um, and, and that comes in many forms. That's even um, like, like I said, if you're a really good computer coder and you're working for even a corporation, well, yeah, good luck firing that guy. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You bring someone in who could do what I do. Yeah, exactly. Just the, 
building resiliency and, and multiple levels of skills, like just stacking your skills, man. Like that's just, uh, it's just such a, so missing in our society, man. I feel like, well, the other thing too, like I've ran into with myself and I've talked about this on the show before. So, uh, you know, I got here to Nashville and I basically just on a, by accident, like kind of started my own like handyman service. You know what I mean? Like I was, my, my background is as a drug and alcohol counselor. And so, you know, working in an office on a computer, you know, doing conference calls, like that was kind of my background for the last many, many years. And then I get here with the, in, with the intention of getting back into that field. But then while I was applying for jobs, I basically made a Facebook post saying like, Hey, I've got a truck and some tools. I'm available for handyman work. If anybody, uh, if anybody needs anything and, you know, Nashville, the economy here in Nashville is just insane, man. It's just blowing up. And so I got like hundreds of responses and, uh, I'm just like, I accidentally just started my own handyman business. You know what I mean? Like just kind of inadvertently, I didn't even mean to, and I've been going hard with that ever since. And so one of the things I've found within myself is that like, you know, finding that, you know, the, so the conditioning I've been, I've grown up and been accustomed to is that you need to have a job. You need to have a nine to five job. You need to have like health insurance. You need to have all these things in place, all these safety nets, like a guaranteed paycheck, guaranteed salary. But then out when you're out there on your own, it's like, there's no safety net. It's like, you, you got to go out there and get it. You know what I mean? And, uh, at first it was very uncomfortable. It was frightening. It was terrifying, you know? And then I started to like, see it for what it was. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is the real world. Like this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, that other thing is like this fake uh, construct and, it, and it, it's very uncomfortable pulling away from that. And uh, I, I felt like I was just like pressing right up against all of that conditioning and trying to break through. And I feel like I broke through and it's kind of like by accident. It's a really, really crazy thing. But like, that, that social condition is so ingrained. It's really, really powerful. And then, so for you, did you have a similar experience with that? Cause I, you know, I, you've gone full blown entrepreneurial. Did you have any of that when you were uh, trying to escape uh, the matrix, so to say? Yeah. Well, people really do get stuck in the rat race Yeah, and just don't know how to get out of it. And I always tell people always have a little side hustle or a side business. And that doesn't mean you have to start a full size business, but what it does is it gives you experience and over time you start to see, Oh, well now I can do this and you do a little bit more and a little bit more. And then what happens is you get to a point where it just clicks in your head. You're like, you're running some numbers. You're thinking about what's been going on. You're like, wait a second. I can quit my job. You're like, if I'm doing this part time and I'm, it's doing this well, you know, what happens when I just start doing this full time? Right. And I start to scale it a little more. And so for anyone who's out there and they're stuck in that rat race, that's what you do. You start something on the side and you'll know when it's time to quit that job and pursue it full time. And the other cool part of that is children learn more from what they see than what you say. Mm. They see that mom and dad do something entrepreneurial, even if it's not, you know, especially for a child, like, they're not really going to distinguish the difference between if you're running a little side business or if you're Steve Jobs, right? To them, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, there's dad, he's doing business, right? So when they see that, they're growing up in a culture of, of course I do business. Why wouldn't I be doing that? Isn't that what everyone does? That's what I grew up with, right? I didn't grow up with that myself, but that's what my children will grow up with and that's what they'll say, right? And, I, you know, it's interesting because I... um. I've, I've known a wide range of people in my life and that rich dad, poor dad thing really is true. It's a great book. It really is true where like the people I went to school with and high school with and myself, it's like, but like, you know, business wasn't really an option. It's like, yeah, you go to college, you get a job, but then you start running in other circles and like with some of these people who maybe grew up a little bit more affluent. And they've always been doing this business stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, I started this business when I was 18. And you're like, what? And they're like, yeah, why wouldn't I have? And then you realize like, oh, well, that's what they saw their parents through their whole life. So, of course, that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful. There was always something in the back of my head. I'm like, dang it. Why can't I just I see all these other people's businesses. Like, why can't I just like invent something or do something? And I'm moving towards a direction now, honestly, where like hopefully the the, the podcast will be able to be a full time thing. Eventually, I'm starting to do some work with uh the guy who I do uh, my show out of the studio here, the last American vagabond. So, you know, I'm really excited about all that, but uh, still it's just like, it's a new revelation for me. And, and it's pretty cool though. So I feel like a lot of your advice that you give 
in your or your teachings and and it's very applicable to adults too. Adults can take grasp onto a lot of these concepts as well. And, you know, it's been, it's, it's, it's helpful. And I want to shout out too, man, like you are, uh, like you're a busy guy and, and you, you, you have a very, very strong and extremely empowering social media presence. And I freaking love it, man. Like, like, for example, like here, let's just pull up, uh, your, like your Instagram, dude, like, uh, you know, you got a nice chunk of followers and the videos you make, it's all like very, very <clears throat> prescient, relevant, advice for not only kids but parents too like i, I just you want to talk about uh your journey into this whole like social media influence well i don't know i'm gonna say influencing but like uh like the messages that you put out on your social media are just really powerful you want to speak on that for a minute yeah well you know it's funny because i i was reluctant and um my wife was like brett why don't you get on tiktok so more people will see your books yeah and i was i don't know i don't know and then about half a year later um, I was like, I thought of a really funny video and I was like, oh, that would be funny. I'm going to go make that. I'm going to do that. And I made the one funny video and it was the first TikTok video I made. And right away I got a hundred thousand views on it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so, so then I just kept making them from there because all of a sudden my books were getting more exposure and it just evolved into one thing after another. And ultimately what it became is, you know, as I started building out homeschools connected it became about how to educate your children and the stuff that i post every day um that's not just stuff i make up those are real lesson plans that i make every day these are the lesson plans that i make for children and i don't hide it i don't put it behind a paywall like you can literally go through my instagram wall and be like oh great idea great idea great idea you know and if you do that please share because it really helps me um and then on top of it i you know i try to post um a real wide variety of things. Some stuff that's gravy, just, hey, did you know this conspiracy or whatnot? Yeah. And then a lot of how you beat the system, like the video I posted yesterday, which was just me on my homestead and some of the work I was doing for my homestead. We were putting up a fence. We were taking down part of a tree with a chainsaw. We planted 20 trees, which is why right before I jumped on this stream, I did a quick pre-stream on TikTok to promote your stuff. And nice. um, thank you, man. I, I was talking about how I'm a, I'm an environmentalist. And then, uh, but, I, you know, I'm not for the EPA, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you had these like half retarded trolls who were like, you call yourself an environmentalist and you're against the EPA. And I was like, oh, so, so if I, um, if I don't support the Department of Defense, right, right, I have to support, I'm not, I'm against America, right? It's yeah. not really the Department of War. I was like, you're false binary thinking where you can't see past the name of an agency. No, I planted 20 trees yesterday. Yes, I'm a real environmentalist. Yeah, you're throwing cans of Campbell's soup on uh, on freaking paintings. I'm out here planting, bro. We're not the same. We're not the same. <laughs> bro. Yeah, we're Get not the some same. some seeds, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, dude, exactly. So, man, right on. Uh, let's see here. I want, I want to read some of these chats. I don't always like do this, but uh, we got, you got a lot of love in the chat here on the, well, Rockfin chat, but uh, Colleen, Colleen's a big listener supporter of the show. Much love to Colleen. She says, I make my kid work. He puts stamps and stickers on envelopes and he loves to bake and she hates baking. So that's cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got Timothy mass says we love the Cubs to bear books. That's awesome. Uh, Colleen also says I call BS on that excuse. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, um, you know, I work too much. I can't, I don't have time to homeschool. She says, I have a DOD job and my neighbors work for the NSA and we homeschool. Anyone can homeschool. And then super chat from sentient being O M I N G says, thanks. Classical learner bear. I use some of his books for our homeschool. That's awesome. Uh, Timothy asked, yeah, I'm rebunked, uh, rebunk bear on the BTA app. Uh, Sarah Wagner, shout out to Sarah says great advice, Brett. I can't remember what that was exactly about. And then Dr. Susan Orion says classical learning is great. Bring Neoplatonism into the classroom. You know what she's referring to there? I don't know. I'm not familiar know. with the term. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there you go. But uh, I mean, you're just you're, you're doing great, man. Uh, this is just all really good stuff, man. I'm so pumped. So, OK, how about this? So we've kind of touched on this a little bit and you obviously have books that you've written along these lines. But, you know, now that we're adults and we see the world for what it is you know, this is some dark rabbit holes there. And obviously you don't want to just like throw your kids right into some of these like heavier stuff, probably not like nine 11 or anything like that, even really, you know what I mean? But what would be your advice or how you put into practice, you know, kind of, uh, allowing these kids to see the world for what it is as a young age and not getting su sucked into the, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to red pill or red berry the kids, 
at a young age, but how do you uh, slowly allow them to see the world for what it is without harming them, I guess, would be the question. Yeah, so in early childhood, you don't show them any of the horror of the world. So like the Cubs to Bears books is an example of how you prepare them for it, where you show them things that will make them, will arm them with the tools to identify the manipulation once you show them. So like when they get older and you're like, this is a false flag, you're like, oh, you mean like Charisma Cat did in the right to bear arms? I'm like, yes, of course I put a false flag in the right to bear arms. But um, so you want to show them how the manipulation works. Like you could show them a Sarah McLachlan commercial and then ask them, what are they trying to do with the music here? What are they doing with the sad images of the dog, right? And like, oh, so they're really, they're trying to extract money from you. And like, now does their organization do what they say, yeah, right? So you could show them how this manip manipulation works without showing them the horror of the world. Now, for me, if my children ask me about things, I'm honest. So like some of the conversations I've had with my son over the last few years um, around the mask people, right? Dad, why, why are those people wear masks, right? Natural question. So what I say is that, um, unfortunately, there's um, some bad people that control the televisions and they make other people very scared for money. And he's like, but why do they do that? Because he can't even fathom why they would want to hurt people for money. And I say, and I, you know, I just say, well, they, they don't follow Jesus like they should. And mm -hmm. um, they make people scared. And the people you see with masks, they're just scared. And they yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's it. You don't have to get too crazy into it. Um, so as your children ask you about these things, you just show them. Like the fun stuff I like to do is like, um, like with some of the NASA stuff, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like, you want to see how real world wizards operate? And he's like, yeah, and I'll show him a video and then I'll show him like, but look, this was just a green screen. And I'm not telling him that like everything's fake or whatnot. I'm just showing him like, look how they can fake things if they want to. And I'm just preparing his mind, getting it ready. Like, this is how the manipulations function. And then when they get into middle school and high school, you can start to introduce, okay, these are some of the things that happen. And like by middle school, you can start to teach them some of these things like, historical events that have happened and historical false flags, historical manipulations. Um, how, sorry about Uncle Sam going over. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're and good. Uncle Sam starting wars and using lies, but that's, you know, middle school history, high school history. And whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, I like that, man. I like that. So what about, uh, let me see here. Let me see. Let me just do that here. So I'm going to get this question out here and then I'll, uh, I just muted your mic while that thing's going by, but, uh, let's see. So, um, okay. So I feel like a really innocent one would be like the moon landing, for example, like, like what age do you think a kid would be ready to learn all about the moon landing? <laughs> uh, whenever they're ready. Yeah I, yeah. I don't think you have to inundate young children with this stuff, Yeah. but like I said, you could start showing them different forms of manipulation without getting into it. Yeah. And, so they know about this stuff. And then when they get older, you could start to like, I don't know if they're in middle school and they start asking about it, you could do a fun unit study where like this week, what we're going to do is we're going to fully investigate all of the arguments for the moon landing being real and all of the arguments for the moon landing being faked. And that's going to time it this week. And we're just going to look at all the primary documents. We're going to get back into the science of it and you can make up your own mind. Or you could just say, I don't know, and that's okay. Um, and just teach your children that way. But again, it's not about trying to indoctrinate them into your worldview. That doesn't matter. Just You want to familiarize children with forms of manipulation. And then when they start asking questions, whether that be in middle school or high school, you could start to examine these questions that they have and let them draw their conclusions. Even if you go through all that stuff and they say to you, I think the moon landing was real, you don't get angry about it. Just say, Oh, cool. And you know, you just, they'll figure it out. Well, there you go, man. You just nailed it on the head right there. Like that is it right there. We, we look at the entire issue from both sides. We look at all the evidence, like, cause that's what we need to formulate our worldview on is what evidence do I have to support this viewpoint? Right? So we compare the evidence, we contrast, we, we, we ask questions and then we arrive at the conclusion and it's okay to have different opinions. What a magical world. Wouldn't it be amazing if that's the world we could live in? You know what I mean? So the fact that that is the approach to cultivating that within these kids, man, that's so, so good. Um, so we have a super chat from sentient being OM again says, 
Brett, uh, best tips for teaching the trivium to kids. They said that, that uh, they've been using the analogies book and teaching them fallacies. Yeah, um, you could read a book called The Well-Trained Mind, uh, I think by Susan Bauer, which is a pretty good read on teaching children the trivium. Um, you know, but really what it comes down to is just to focus on um, reading, writing, grammar, spelling, poetry, and early childhood. Um, you really want to get the basics of that down. And then as they get into like fourth or fifth grade, you can start going into the logical fallacies. I'm actually putting together a unit study on the logical fallacies right now. And I'm going to be teaching a course on it in the next month, um, a live course, which I'm pretty excited about. So yeah, they get into like fifth grade, you start on logical fallacies, a lot of with reading and writing, dissecting arguments, um, you know, if A, then B, then C, that type of thing. Um, and then when they get into about eighth or ninth grade, again, depending on when they're ready, you start to introduce the concept of rhetoric, debating and making arguments and persuasion and even how to use, right? Because on the one hand, we want our children to identify logical fallacies. On the other hand, we want them to, to know how to use them, to weaponize them in rhetorical and persuasive arguments. Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I feel like, everybody could use like a course on this sort of stuff, man. I, I I'm actually very recently went through a logic course, uh, myself. Like these were all new concepts to me. I didn't understand what metaphysics were. I thought metaphysics where you go to the bookstore and it's all like the crystal hippie section. Right. I didn't realize metaphysics was like, you know, like this is like a philosophical term that talks about like axiomatic principles, like the, the, uh, the primacy of consciousness and all these things. You know what I mean? Like these are new concepts to me. And, and I learned it through, again, back to Richard Grove. Big shout out to Richard Grove and the crew over there. Um, Grand Theft World. Do you ever watch that show, Grand Theft World? Yeah, I, um, I'm a member of their Discord, Grand Theft Oh, good. Great. Yeah, me too. So I'm a member of the Discord or the, the Grand Theft World community. I'm actually taking his autonomy course. Like I just started the first first week last week. is the first week of autonomy, dude. I'm super stoked about that. But uh, but anyway, so as a member of the Grand Theft World community, uh, Tony Myers, the co-host of Grand Theft World, put together this like logic course. It's like 20-some hours, and it breaks down primarily the logical fallacy. Like he does a really good breakdown of the uh, – of the, the initial like axioms and primal like things that you need to understand before you get to logical fallacies. Uh, but, but I just didn't even know that there was a thing uh, that, that, you know, you, there's a formula and a method that you can use to arrive at like conclusions, like, like facts, like this was all, like, I thought people just were like, like, Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Or, you know what I mean? I was just kind of flopping out there, but I got, I can't recommend it enough. Like Tony Myers logic course within the grand theft world community is a really, really powerful tool that I learned so much. And then he sent me off in these other, tangents like uh, leonard peikoff um like you can go on youtube and find a bunch of lectures from him that kind of breaks down a lot of this stuff where you know i think th i think there's some gravel in there you know what i mean but at the same time there's still some good valuable things to be taken out of i'm talking about leonard peikoff not tony tony's pretty on point man and so if anybody wants like a good you know adult level resource to talk talking about logical fallacies or uh, any of these things like uh, grand theft world man can't recommend it enough so um do you, uh, what, what are some of your, uh, resources that you pull off of for that sort of stuff? Um, what, in terms of teaching like a logical fallacy class? Oh, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that or, uh, you know, for, for your, your ongoing, uh, education, your continuing education, like what are some of your go-to resources that you pull off from? Oh man. I mean, I'm a relentless reader. Yeah. I, I'm, I spend less time podcasting these days and a lot of yeah. time reading books. Um, and to me, that's, that's like a superpower. So, yeah. yeah, but I do that and I, you know, I'm going to take that course you just brought up now because you yeah. gave foundation. So that's cool. Um, but yeah. And if you want to teach your children, the logical fallacies, there's also, um, the fallacy detective is a really good book for that. Oh, wow. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't even know about the, I'm almost 40 years old and this is the first time I ever freaking learned about these things, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> so as soon as you hear it, you inherently know it. You're like, Oh, I always yeah. knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Totally. Totally. All right. Um, so kind of, we're winding down here. I just want to get your thoughts on one more thing. And I think this just kind of encapsulates all of what we've been talking about and, uh, kind of sends us off into the day with a little bit of hope. But one of the things I also heard you say in your live streams is, uh, or one of your um, videos is, there is no black pill, man. There is no black pill. I think there's so much of like the, 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 the media on both sides, you know, whether it's the alternative media, like, and I got a lot, 
I'm guilty pleasure. I love Alex Jones. Alex Jones, I love him to death, but he's nothing but one big black pill. It's like, oh, doom and gloom. We're all going to die like tomorrow sort of thing. You know what I mean? And then tomorrow comes and we don't die. It's like, oh, no, no, tomorrow we're all going to die. But, you know, I do love Alex Jones, I got to admit. But at the same time, it's like, I, whether it's the mainstream media, CNN, or a lot of alternative media, they're trying to drive you in a ditch of like hopelessness, hopelessness, despair. So you keep coming back for that fear, 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 fear. But we're moving into a world where it's like, you know, like, yeah, say there is some sort of collapse or something, you know, we have, we are positioned to, to withstand that with community, with skills, with uh, this knowledge and this hope that we're building this new world out of that. Right. And, and this, this new generation that you're helping cultivate, like there is no black pill. There's no black pill. You want to send us off with a little of your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I find it tragic that people have a dark worldview because I don't, I don't live in Babylon. I don't even see Babylon that much. Like I live in a very, Christian moral town in the Southern United States. There's like, you don't walk around and see a bunch. Yeah. There's some people, but like barely anyone's wearing masks ever. And, um, you know, people are very responsible. They're farmers, they're homesteaders. Like I just, I live in a good town. So I'm really, and I don't watch the news. I don't turn on the corporate media ever. So like Babylon doesn't even exist to me. It hasn't for over a year and a half. And, if people saw the world through my eyes because of what I do, like I am contacted by the most amazing people, homeschoolers, homesteaders, right? People with four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven children. This is every day in my life I'm contacted by these people. And to me, it, you know, the future is so bright because I see how many of these people are out there. And it's like anyone could hyper focus on oh my God, Klaus Schwab wants you to eat bugs. I don't give a shit about Klaus Schwab. I don't care what he wants. I'm not eating bugs. I'll raise my own chickens. I will cut their heads off and I'll cook my own meat. Klaus Schwab could take the bugs and shove them. So it's like, you know, if you just turn off that world and start building the world you want, you'll, that's the world you'll get. Yeah, that's it, man. I just, uh, I just, you know, I try to echo that on this show as much as possible. Like, you know, I do like to get in the muck and talk a little bit about Klaus Schwab and we talk about vaccines and we talk about all this stuff on the show, but I like to balance that with a fair amount of solutions. And so episodes like this, you know, hopefully some people have some takeaways and things that they can go. And I really hope that, you know, everyone listening goes and supports you man. classicallearner.com. Um, what, what do you want to shout out here as we're kind of winding down? Like how can the people go come and support you and uh, anything you want to leave them? Yeah, uh, classicallearner.com. Like I said, you get access to all the lesson plans, the unit studies, the courses I put together. This has been our first year of development, and um, it's really, it's been such an amazing success. Science rooted in the scientific method, unit studies that are designed to teach children about sourcing and getting back the documents and the right way to look at things and um, STEM challenges that are designed to prompt critical thinking. Really powerful stuff. Um, I just uploaded a new course today on claymation and stop motion videography because oh. you know, I'm very passionate about children learning videography and that type of skill. We have our year long nature unit study. And then on top of that, um, if I could just say for even anyone that doesn't have children, this has been our first year of building out the original lessons and the unit studies and the courses. And our growth has been rapid to the point now where I'm meeting with attorneys, um, having um, one of the bears, I'm building out a new website. Um, we're, we're actually going to be getting off of the current Homeschools Connected platform because we're having a even more user-friendly platform built out that I'm really pumped about. I just bought a ton of recording equipment because I'm going to be ramping up the amount of live courses I'm teaching. Um, I'm in basic talks with Benjamin Balderson about putting together a cool unit study and over the next 12 to 18 months, if all goes according to plan, it's not even going to be just me. I'm going to start bringing in people like I want to bring in Tom Burnett and all these cool people and have them start producing courses in their area of expertise. I am trying to put something together that is going to make a gigantic impact on the future of this world. So even for anyone that doesn't have children for the price of a membership is $10 a month with the discount code freedom. I'm taking that money. I'm putting it back in and we are building the world that we want. And it is something worth supporting for anyone out there who wants to support it. 
Okay, so how do people sign up for that $10 a month uh, recurring membership? Yeah, Homeschool's Connected. So you scroll down to the bottom of that page you're on right there. Okay. And you'll see a button that says Join Homeschool's Connected. There it is. There it is, and boom. Okay. All right. Perfect, man. Wow, wow dude. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Like, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. Like, this is some really good stuff, man. Like, you... Uh, like I said, I heard you speak at the Bear Fest, and like I was just like I was like tingling afterwards. I'm like, man, this guy's like on point, and like you came, you saw, you conquered here, and I really hope that people have some stuff to take away from. Thank you so much, man. Let's stay in touch, and just let me know if there's anything else you you know if you ever need a platform to come on and then tell us more about it. Um, welcome anytime, and any new developments, and as this thing continues to scale, you know, let's let's bring you back on, and you can share any new developments that you have. So. Thank you so much for all your efforts and everything that you're doing. Um, any final words or any thoughts? No, thanks for having me. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, uh, just check out the episode description for all the links and how to follow and support this show and Brett over at classicallearner.com. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time. Peace.